Hey, I'm Jamie from Stonemeyer Games, and this is Walter, and we are here today to talk about positive player interaction in games. This is my favorite form of player interaction in games, the often forgotten form of player interaction. When people say, hey, does this game have interaction? They don't think about player positive player interaction all that much, but I think it is a wonderful aspect of the game, how the things that you do can have a positive impact on either specific other players or all other players or any other player, um, depending on how it's implemented. Uh, a lot of Stonemaier games, my company, has uh, have positive player interaction. A few quick examples are in Expeditions, where you are revealing tiles as you explore that other players could benefit from by using the gather actions. Also, when you're vanquishing tokens in Expeditions, you, there's Walter, you are uh, revealing new benefits, new gather benefits, after you've kind of cleared the land of corruption by vanquishing that. In Viticulture, there are some visitor cards in a positive player interaction. You gain one thing, other players gain something as well. You've In Euphoria, uh, you are constructing markets, and it often works better for everyone or for many players if you construct a market together with at least one other player. Between two cities and between two castles are built around positive player, player interaction. You're building cities on your left or right, or castles on your left and right, depending on the game with the player to your left and your right. And so you're collaborating constantly with those players to try to make the best cities or castles. In Wingspan, there are a num number of bird cards that have uh, benefits that say you gain this and then all their players gain this or you draft some cards. Inside, there's the, uh, the enlist benefit associated with recruits where if you have unlocked that benefit, um, then uh, you gain a benefit when players to your left or your right do something. And uh, my little side. In my little side, there is this aspect of of friendship in the game, where um, you're you're kind of incentivized to help other players in various ways throughout the game. We have some ambassador picks as well. Uh, for some of our ambassadors, some of the games that they picked repeatedly for this category were Brass Birmingham, Concordia, Creature Comforts, Earth Expeditions, Flamecraft. Spirit Island and Wingspan. And I should mention with that Spirit Island pick that I didn't pick any cooperative games for this list, even though, well, not even though, perhaps because I think that most cooperative games have positive player interaction. And if they don't have positive player interaction, uh, it's kind of an odd choice for a cooperative game to not, not have uh, interactions where you can positively impact the other players at the table. My honorable mentions are Terraforming Mars, Near and Far, Azul, Seven Wonders, Rising Sun, Lords of Waterdeep, Stone Age, Root, Brass, Clans of Caledonia, Settlers of Catan, Gift of Tulips, Flamecraft, Last Light, and Raiders of the North Sea. So let's get on to my top 10 picks here. We're going to start out with the Quacks of Quinlanburg. Um, and partially this list is organized not just by how much I like these games, but also how much positive player interaction is built into the game design itself. And in Quacks, uh, it's only built into one specific aspect of the game. Um, and that is the, the specific tokens. I believe they're the black tokens. You can see this player, Matt, this potion or this brew has some black tokens here. Um, oftentimes this category of token in the game uh, it has a positive impact on other players. Like you might actually, when you gain a black token, you might put it in the bag to the player to your left or your right, depending on that token. Um, or you might look, and then whenever that player has drawn that token during their uh, their their brewing phase, uh, you gain you gain a benefit at the end of that phase. 
So it's a way for you to actually add a positive token, a token that that at least is not negative to other people's bags, and you gain a benefit if they happen to draw it. It's just one of the, I believe, six or seven categories of tokens in this game, but it is one that I that I like that they included, that there is a way for you to impact other potions, other brews, and uh, gain a benefit for yourself, but also help those other players while you're doing so. So that is the Quacks of Quinlanburg. My number nine pick is the game Beer and Bread. This is a two-player game, and I think it's somewhat unique to have a two-player game with strong positive player interaction because it is a two-player competitive game where you are trying to do better than the other player, other player at making beer and bread. But the positive player interaction comes into this game in that when you, well, you have a limited capacity for holding the various resources that you're collecting in this game, and when you can't, when you collect resources to the point that you exceed your capacity and you cannot hold them, you must give them to the other player. So it's an interesting form of positive player interaction where it's uh, you you are trying not to do it. You're trying not to give the other player resources. But when you do, it feels nice. It feels nice that you gave it. It feels good to receive those tokens. And uh, I think it's a nice way to deal with capacity overflow in a game where uh, the other player or other players are benefiting from you not having enough room to hold the materials that you've made. So that's a nice form of positive player interaction, this capacity limit and the requirement that you must give those resources to the other player in beer and bread, my number nine pick. And number eight, we have Terra Mystica, one of my favorite heavier Euro games. And Terra Mystica, there's this aspect of the game where if you build, so if uh, say, say I'm the green player and I haven't built here yet and I want to build here, to build in this space, um, there's a cost uh, that is lower since I'm building next to another player. And it's actually specific to this building right here. The, I believe it's called the, maybe the trading house. Or if I build a trading house, the cost is higher for me if I don't build it, if I don't upgrade the building into a trading house next to at least one other opponent's building. So there's a, there's a cost decrease if I build next to an opponent. And this is somewhat reciprocated throughout the game because, due to the, the power mechanism in the game. So whenever I build or upgrade next to another player, that player can gain power equal to the strength of, uh, oh, I need to remember this, it's the strength of the, my buildings. Their buildings, my buildings. I need to think about this. So if I'm the green player and I upgrade to this building, I look at, uh, oh, I'm gonna mess it up. But I think it's that I look at the strength of uh, these two buildings, which would be three, and I have to pay two victory points. So there is still a cost associated with that. Um, but I gain a benefit. There's kind of this, you're playing off each other in terms of gaining power as you level up, not just when you build the initial building, but when you're leveling up those buildings as well in Terra Mystica. So that, that power mechanism has a nice positive player interaction as well as the decreased cost if you upgrade a trading house next to another player. That's Terra Mystica. One pick that we saw on the ambassador list is Concordia. Concordia has several forms of positive player interaction in the game. Um, one of them which we can see in several games is in Concordia, there's a card playing mechanism in which you play, everyone has the same hand of cards at the beginning of the game. And um, one of those cards, and I might be overlapping this with another game, Flotilla, but I believe that Concordia has this, where there's a card that says copy another card that an, that an opponent has played, the last card that an opponent has played. 
And so there's a way for you to, even though you have one of each card, if an opponent has played a card that you like, you can potentially copy that card and use that ability. So that's one form of it, kind of indirect positive player interaction, playing off something someone else has done. Also in Concordia, and I'm probably even forgetting a few of the other elements, but in Concordia, you have these regions that produce resources when a player takes the produce action. And uh, all of the cities in that region will produce these resources, like this cloth, this brick down here. But only one player needs to do it, and all players who have uh, who have buildings in that region benefit from the produce action. So, uh, and also you can't produce again until someone has taken the refresh action and refreshes all those production buildings. So there's this uh, you're kind of playing off other players as you go in terms of um, uh, sharing regions, sharing territories with other players, and either choosing the produce action or refreshing it so you can produce again in Concordia. Next up, we have the Fox Experiment. This is what, number five on my list? Number six, what am I at? Number six. Number six on my list is the Fox Experiment, a very, very recent game that I've played. In this game, you can see this example here where you are breeding and thus creating new foxes in the game that enter the public supply in the next round for any player to draft, to pull out of the supply and use as the fox that they are going to breed in the next round, in the next generation. And so this isn't a game where you are directly positively hurting other players, helping other players, but rather the things that you create, which are generally more powerful than the foxes that came before them, are helping anyone. Um, I said this phrasing earlier in the in the uh, recording where anyone uh, anyone can potentially draft this fox and benefit from it, um, including yourself. So it could be the type of interaction where you create this fox waffle. And you end up gaining Waffle later on. Is that Waffle? Walkie? Um, I like the name Waffle a little bit better. So if you gave, create this, this fox named Waffle, that you might be able to draft Waffle and, and keep a Waffle in the family. There is a, a uh, uh, an inbreeding penalty if you have two foxes that you created that you're trying to breed together. But uh, in, in my only play of the fox experience so far, which I really enjoyed, it felt really good to create these foxes and then put them into the next generation and see who uh, who uh, use those foxes for the, their next breeding generation, especially since you're not just creating the foxes, the traits of the foxes, but you're also naming the foxes as well. So this act of creation for public use, uh, for anyone to use, is a nice form of player interaction found in the fox experiment. At number five, we have the first of a couple, in fact, the fox experiment was also a simultaneous action game. This is Raising Robots another uh, a simultaneous action game. And so in these types of games, there aren't typically a lot of forms of player, positive player, player interaction. However, um, in, the, in Raising Robots, you are choosing two actions that you're going to take. Here's Recycle. I can't see this other card down here, but you're choosing two actions and you're associating those actions with these cards that determine the strength of that action for yourself and for any other player who can then potentially take that action. So for example here, whatever this action is down here, I am going to get it at a level four plus, uh, plus one token here. This token enters the public supply and any other player can then take this action that I've selected um, simultaneously with all other players at the strength equal to the number of tokens on it. So as long as there's at least one cube on an action in the middle of the table, any player can potentially choose that action. Let me see if I can find the action board among these photos. 
Uh, you can kind of sit here. You can sit here. So there are five different actions. You can see there are tokens on several of these actions. And that means that any player, even if they didn't choose those actions, can take those actions because there are energy cubes on them. So this is a, a very indirect form of positive player interaction where the things that you're choosing to do uh, increase the strength and the breadth of the actions that other players can take during the round. I'll segue into the other game, number four, Earth, which also does something similar to this, where in Earth, another simultaneous action game. Um, in Earth, there is a current player. There is an active player, unlike Raising Robots, where all players choose these actions at the same time. So in Earth, there is an active player who chooses an action that they want on their player mat, uh, and all players will take that action at a lower strength than the player who chose that action. So I'm going to choose this uh, play, play cards action. I can play, I believe, one or two cards here. And all other players could play one card at the same time simultaneously. And then all players, including the player who selected it, get to activate all cards that have this dark green background. And so it's kind of a double bonus here. You're not only getting an action based on the an action that another player selected, but uh, you're also getting to activate a number of cards in your engine, in your, in your little island. Uh, again, this is a fairly indirect form of player interaction, but it still feels good. It feel, be, the decision that someone else has made feels good for you. Maybe you were hoping that they would take this action, or even if you're hoping they wouldn't take this action, that they would take something else, you're still probably going to get a benefit from the action they chose. At the very least, you'll get the, the basic version of that action, even if you have no cards in that color. That's Earth at number four. At number three, we have Downforce, my favorite racing game. In Downforce, you are playing on your turn, you're playing one card from your hand. You can see some of those cards here. Let's see if I can make them a little bit bigger. Nope. Uh, I can never figure out how to, how to move around on the screen after I zoom in. I'll figure that out. But uh, in, in Downforce, you're playing a card from your hand, and then from top to bottom, you're moving all of those cars. And so this is helping other players in a number of ways. One, uh, you are probably moving a card a car that is not yours. So for example, if I played this card that says six green, four red, two white, one black, and say I'm the red car, I first have to move the green car at least six spaces if possible. So I'm helping the green player, the player who has the green car, because they want to finish the race first. But I'm also helping all players who bet on the green car, which is kind of the nice twist in downforce, that you can bet on cars, you can do well in the game even if your own car doesn't win. So I move that, six, that green car, then I'm moving the red car. And not only am I moving these cards, but I'm probably getting them out of the way. So I might need to move this green six to get out of the way of my red car so I can slip through and advance my red car farther. So it's actually helping you and other players to kind of clear out the track, to clear out these spaces, help players move a little bit further along the way. Downforce is also in, in kind of hand in hand with this positive player interaction is the fact that sometimes you're trying to not give players as much of a benefit as possible. So it is positive, but it's also not uh, entirely altruistic, where I might choose to activate this, this 6421 car, card when the green car can't move six spaces. And so I might be helping that car a little bit, but not as much as they would have otherwise been helped. So it is still a very competitive game in this positive player interaction, which I think is a nice twist to it, to have a little bit of rubber banding to the positive player interaction. That is Downforce my number three pick. Bonanza is a classic card game from Uwe Rosenberg where you are collecting um, 
you're you're building a hand of of bean cards and you're playing them typically on two different farms you are limited to two different uh fields and each of those fields can only hold one type of bean and the twist in the game is that the order in which the cards are in your hand cannot change so cards enter the hand on your left you must play at least one card from the right of your hand and ideally you would play two cards and so in this hand right here if i have a field uh, so this is a, a black-eyed bean, and I believe a wax bean here. If I have a wax bean field, um, but I don't have a black-eyed bean field, even though this card might be worth more with the set collection than the wax beans, I need to get this card out of my hand. Otherwise, I must play it, and I must interrupt this awesome field that I'm building of wax cards that I'm soon going to add to as well. And so Bonanza has a trading mechanism where you get cards out of your hand uh, out of the way of the things that you're trying to build and you're trading them to other players. So it's this uh, trading as a positive player interaction in the game to help both help other players, um, but also to help yourself so that you can do as best as possible in terms of the sets that you are building on your fields. It's a really neat mechanism. We're adding this one constraint or these two constraints, the constraint of the number of fields and that you must play card, you must play at least one card from the right side of your hand. This adds a strong incentive to trade with other players that feels good. Uh, it feels really good to trade even some really powerful cards to other players uh, because it opens up the possibilities for you and also creates these relationships with other players. Like you, maybe I'm helping another player by giving them this strong black eyed bean now. They might help me out a little bit later too. So you're creating these metal relationships over the course of the game in Bonanza. I really, really like this. So that's Bonanza, my number two pick. And finally, my number one pick, a very recent play of mine, is Santa's Workshop 2nd Edition. So in Santa's Workshop, I'm showing you the family or the standard side of the board here. I haven't actually played with this side yet, but I'm eager to because on the other side of the board, there's one example of this mechanism. On the family side of the board, there's at least, I believe, four, maybe even five examples of this positive player interaction mechanism. Where, and so I'll use the family board as an example here. If I want to gather wood, I uh, must place a worker on the leftmost space. So if no one else has placed a worker on this gather wood space, I must place a worker right here. I gain two wood. The next player to go here must place on this second space if they want to gather wood, and they're gaining more wood. So simply because I have started working in the workshop, I've started working on this assembly line as, as a Santa's helper, that I am helping the next player and the next players, including potentially myself, I might revisit this action with another worker, I'm helping them to gain more wood, um, more re resources that they're trying to gather. However, there is a twist for me too, to uh, still consider placing my worker first, which is when, say I'm red and player the blue player places a worker here, this little partnership icon says that every player who has uh, for, for every token, every meeple that is to the left of, of this blue worker, they get one victory point. So in this example, when the blue worker places here, I get one victory point. Say I then place another red worker here. I'm going to gather four wood. The blue player gets a victory point. I don't get another victory point. Only the opponents get the extra victory points for partnering to get together. So there's this nice sense of progression and helping other players in many actions on this board. So it's this action, it's this one. There's also the uh, an action that you can't quite see here, but it's uh, kind of this blueprint action that shows that you're making progress on the toys that you're making. It's another assembly line that escalates in the same way with, with points and, and better resources that you're gathering. But it feels really good. I love that it's a great decision. Do I want to go early to potentially get some victory points to encourage others to go here? 
and make the actions for others stronger? Um, or do I want to hold off and wait for someone else to, to go first? And so I can place a worker there, get more resources, but then I'm also helping them because I'm giving them some points. Again, there's always in the competitive games, there's always this element of uh, how much do I want to help the other players because I am competing against them. But I still like these good feelings provided by the positive player interaction that I am helping these other players. Um, as I'm doing something powerful for myself, I'm also helping the other players. So Santa's Workshop, second edition, is my number one pick for this list. Now, I do have a little bit of a twist because I didn't mention one of our games earlier in the Stillmeyer Games list. There is another number one for this list, and that is our game, Apiary. Here's Apiary right here. So I wanted to highlight Apiary because so many aspects of Apiary are built around a positive player interaction. Um, for example, so Apiary uses this worker bumping mechanism. So if I place a worker on the grow action, I'm not blocking that action for anyone. Rather, if you want to go there, you can place your worker there and bump my worker back to me, which helps me. So positive play interaction. You by by placing you you by you placing a worker, you are helping me because uh, I get a worker back. I don't have to use what's one fewer turn that I need to use to retrieve workers. Uh, in the exploration up here, I mentioned this in Expeditions a little bit, and when you explore in Apiary, you are revealing a new planet and making that planet better for you and for other players who visit that planet. So you're, you're not only discovering planets for other players to visit, but you're also enhancing them, making them better. With the Convert action, you create dances with Strength 4 workers, or you can create at least one dance per, per game, per player, and that dance creates is, is a stronger conversion for you and any other player to use for the rest of the game. Um, there's also the, oh, I don't want to forget the other ones. There are seed cards where you play a seed card and that seed card benefits all players for the seed, for, uh, whatever that seed card says, it might say that you gain a resource and, and then all players gain that resource. And also, uh, for many of the actions in Apiary, there are strengths that are added together. So if I place a worker here, or if I have a worker here and you place a worker here, you add the sum of those two strengths together. So there are often times where I'll look at the board and I might think, okay, I, I was planning to take a grow action this turn or a research action, but someone just placed a strength three worker over here. So if I place a strength two on explore, I'm going to move that strength three worker over here. I'm going to add those two together. That's this plus sign here. And so I, it's as if I placed a five strength worker for the strength of the benefit. So you're constantly playing off of the things that other players have done and helping other players, whether it's intended to or not. But oftentimes it does feel good that you are helping the other players through these benefits. Um, and I, I don't even think I realized how many forms of positive player interaction were in Apiary until fairly recently. But it's one of the reasons I love this game. I didn't want to make it the true number one on this list because it is a game that I worked on quite a bit with designer Connie Vogelman. I am the publisher of it. But uh, but I did want to highlight it because if you enjoy positive player interaction, I think Apiary is a wonderful feel-good game in the number of ways that the things you do not only benefit you, but can also benefit other players. I'd love to hear your examples of your favorite games with positive player interaction and what you like about positive player interaction. It's also fine if you want to mention what you don't like, or but if you do want to give some examples of things that you don't like, maybe counter it with a version of that that you do enjoy in terms in the in the realm of positive player interaction. I look forward to hearing your examples in the comments below. Thanks.